It's Ask the Naturals time with me. Check this out. Hi James, I love your work mate, and I really appreciate the value in everything you do. I'm an Aussie too, but I've been living in San Diego. Good, question. When a girl essentially ghosts a guy by not returning a text message or voice message to go out on a second date, what should he do? Been seven days since I sent her a text message after a first date asking her to go out on a second date and all I hear is crickets. Should you just ignore the fact that she hasn't responded to the first text and just ask her out one last time? Is this the non-needy way to behave? Advice appreciated. Welcome to the Natural Lifestyles podcast with your hosts, James Marshall and Liam McRae, where we will be diving deep into the issues of modern masculinity, seduction, dating, lifestyle design, sexuality, psychedelics, you name it. This is the Natural Lifestyles podcast. I get these kinds of questions very regularly. Guys are saying, okay, I met a girl, it was going good, we had such a fucking great vibe, we went on a date, the date was fine, kissed her maybe, fingered her in the alley maybe, and then she vanishes. So seven days later, this guy is still, you know, wondering what's the next best strategy, the thing he's gonna do. Okay, so the first thing to keep in mind is, flaking is kind of like missing children. If you don't find them within 48 hours, they're probably dead. Sorry, parents out there who are still holding out hope for little Mildred. Basically, if a girl flakes on you after, for a couple of days, especially after a first date, because it's very common for you to lose the girl from meeting, meeting her on the, on the street or a bar or whatever, getting her number, trying to arrange a date and it never happens. That's where you'll get the vast majority of your flakes. For a guy who's an expert seducer, it will still be over 50%. Yeah. Years ago, I gave up trying to figure out what I did wrong and beating myself up about it and trying to figure out how do I get this chick back. Now, of course, there are some girls where she's really the type of girl you would go gaga over, you would love to bring her into your life. It's worth to you the investment. But the reality that you have to just be aware of is that attractive women, and I've said this before, but I need to hammer it home again, they live in a different world to average men. It really is a massive wealth gap in terms of your sexual market value. Right? It's like, I'm a C-grade, D-grade celebrity on YouTube. I have a lot of fans around the world, but I'm not super famous or anything, but I get requests, messages, nice heartfelt letters, offers of help and advice, compliments, all sorts of great stuff from my fans every day. And I can't respond to it all. And this, this is minute compared to you know, someone who's a big figure, and it's also minute compared to the average hot girl that is Instagram savvy, right? So a hot girl that has, she recognizes that she fits within a decimal uh, hierarchy of beauty. And people get very squeamish when you talk about girls as sevens and eights and nines and tens and so on. But the truth is, whether or not you delineate people by a decimal, the whole world has stratified every other person in it regarding different, different measures of success and value and, and beauty. And beauty is a currency, right? It is, it's highly sought after. And because we don't live in a world anymore where you used to live in a village and like everyone, was, everyone in the village was a five and most of them had their teeth falling out anyway and occasionally there, you'd hear something that a, that, a, that a girl over in the third village over was unusually beautiful and uh, you know maybe some suitors would try and hustle her and then the, the local lord would swipe her up or whatever and uh, but there wasn't like in your face constantly like this top decimal points of beauty which is what the fashion industry the media and now decentralizing it through the internet has created this bizarre world where the most extreme forms of beauty are in your face or, and in everyone's face all the time and girls who fit within those brackets 
understand that that's valuable, right? They understand what uh, choice and entitlement that gives them. And there's no point getting angry about this or, or thinking that it's superficial or whatever. It's, it's a symptomatic of the fact that we live in, in a digital age, that we live in a globalised age where, uh, you know, the, all the barriers of, of seeing these people have, have dissolved and quite clearly modern Western society at least values that kind of, values beautiful women in the 8 to 10 range, whether you admit that we stratify that or not, far more than any other girl. And every man on the planet that is not deeply in love or gay or somehow repressed has, is focusing his sexual energy in on these girls if he can get any kind of access. And any kind of access means liking her on Instagram and hitting her up on Facebook and if he can get her number through some indirect means like most guys do who don't learn formal seduction, he will and he'll hassle her. Right? And then that same girl, you've got to think of it from the position of this girl. If she's social, she's young, she's beautiful. Right? And you don't always get that. Sometimes you get young, beautiful and antisocial, which is awesome. Girls who are just like locked away do, studying their thing or yoginis or girls who just can't be fucked with the party scene or they did that when they were 17, 18 and then they got over it and now they'd prefer to hang out with people that they vibe with on an intellectual level. Like there's all sorts of hot girls, but typically if you're in that, let's say 17 to 23-ish, 25-ish range where you recognize your beauty, you're going to capitalize on it. Because what can you get with that? You can get all sorts of stuff. You can get free entry to clubs, free drinks. You can get in invites to boat parties and to VIP parties and to hang out with older successful guys will give them cocaine or invites backstage to festivals or you know hanging out with the cool musicians in that scene or with the alpha hippie dog who's got the nice teepee at the at Burning Man festival or whatever right like depending on what your tastes are as a woman what you perceive to be valuable or attractive if you have that currency and you have a little bit of social savvy social savvy and you're not totally dumb you will be able to navigate through it and get more or less whatever you want now I'm saying all this and how does this relate to this guy like well, do I call her or not? Can I get a second date or not? It is important to keep this in perspective. You're dealing with people who are in extreme wealth when you're in extreme poverty, in the attractiveness range. It doesn't actually matter, even if you're a pretty good-looking guy, even if you're a handsome guy. It doesn't really matter because there's still plenty of handsome guys who have better status, better social leverage, social capital, more money, uh, better connected, and harder trigger pullers, better logistics, right? There's all sorts of men. There's not like endless amounts of these guys, but there's, there's a bunch of guys who get to fuck all the girls, right? So like for every 100 of those very attractive girls, they, those girls have sex with somebody. They're not all just like coupling up with one nice guy that they're going to be boyfriend, the boyfriend of for the next three years and then do that again. Some of the girls within that 100 spread will do that kind of thing because that's part of their conditioning or their desire. And then many others will go around banging different guys in different dynamics, one night stands because it felt good, because it was validated, because I was high on MD, Marley. This, this guy that runs that night that I bang once a month and I get these advantages. This guy that's the older Dom guy that I go to get training from because that liberates me, me sexually. You know, there's all these different variations. But those 100 girls are probably going to be having sex with 10 guys, right? There's, there will be 10, maybe, probably less, depending on the demographic, alpha-connected, seductively competent men, those guys don't just have sex with one woman. They have sex with many because they can. Right? So the vast majority of males on the planet exist within that 90% of the other guys. It doesn't mean they don't get laid. doesn't mean they don't get to be with beautiful women or to have 
amazing experiences, it means that the odds are stacked against you and you have to work more strategically, you have to work more consistently, and you have to understand to a degree that it's useful how the game is played. All right? We are not living in a socialist sexual utopia. We are living in a capitalist sexual system. In the same way that we live in that in the normal world, there are some people who have billions of dollars, not necessarily because it's fair, sometimes because they earned it, often because they inherited it, or because they fucking stole it off their population, or fiddled with the banking system to create fake numbers and then rape their entire country to get it. There's all sorts of ways that people accumulate wealth, but it's, it's not fair often, and then that wealth accumulates in small areas, and everyone else has to work their fucking asses off just to pay the bills. Right? So that's the system we live in, for better or worse. And it crosses over to sexual selection. Right? So it's not that... I, I, I'm putting caveats here because this kind of easily tips over into MGTOW nasty red pill stuff, right? which says, ah, you know, all women are gold-digging whores, and, and that, you know, that's, okay, they're only interested in the guys that are rich who've got cocaine because they're vapid and, and they're being run by their evolutionary programs, and fuck women and fuck those cool dudes and I'm going to go my own way by myself, or I'm going to rail against the system or, or you know, call it out as if I've discovered something. Like, that's one of the funnier things of, the, I think, the Red Pill movement. It's like, we've discovered that hot girls tend to try and social climb if they can and take advantage of their beauty. Yeah, that's, people know that. And on the flip side, they know that powerful rich men try to bang lots of young hot girls if they can as well. Not really revelatory. But it's in, it is important to understand these, these overall tendencies and also to understand that there are lots of variations. I have met many women who are objectively very beautiful but are turned off by certain displays of wealth or, or arrogance and not just in a like they say that but then they follow it through with their actions. Because yes, it's true, sometimes women will say, I want a nice guy who you know, buys me flowers and opens the door and so on but then when you look at their dating history they never go home with guys like that. So I, I'm looking more uh, importantly at their actions. So how does this relate to the question? It means that you need to keep in perspective that if you're going out as a, as a beginner to an intermediate in seduction, which is most of the guys I'm talking to, you are guys who are in your first year or first couple of years of doing this, and I've been doing this now for 10 plus years, more, more than 10 years, and every year I see different levels of the matrix start opening up. I, I get more insight. Meeting and, and attracting and dating women becomes easier. My early years, which you guys are in, are the, are the ones where you have the most furious and frustrating uh, acceleration in growth and learning. Right? That's when you're going, going to learn the most, when you're first going out and meeting your first several hundred women. And understand that. If you're, we've been through this many times, but if you're approaching one girl a month, you haven't started. You may as well go and watch H3H3 videos. They're funnier and you'll learn just as much. <laughs> They're not, it's not that uh, there's no, never, never any replacement for the initial density and volume of meeting women. And understand that in that first 100 to 500 women that you approach, the vast majority of them, you will not get to touch their titties. Right? The vast majority of them will be three-minute interaction or a 10-minute interaction followed by a couple of texts and a flake off or an interaction that leads to a date and then the girl vanishes or you get her home and then you almost have sex with her and then she leaves and you don't see her again or you have sex with her and then she deletes you afterwards because you didn't do so good in bed. All of that stuff is going to happen often and it's vitally important that you start to develop a philosophy around this and mechanisms to protect yourself.
around this. Because if, you, if you're aiming for anything else, because that's the vast majority of seduction products and ser seminars that are out there are promising that you don't have to experience that. That you don't need to experience rejection, you don't have to put that much time or effort into it, and you just need to learn this secret thing and then the girls will come to you. It doesn't exist, like that doesn't exist. There are ways to create funnels to draw women towards you, but that's advanced lifestyle design stuff. It's not doing the stealth attraction method that fucking Gambler says where you like brush your hand against the girl's hand and then she looks at you and another girl looks at you and they must think you're cool. As if that, as if that technique is in any way going to assist a person at all. Firstly, it's bullshit. Sorry, Gambler, but I just have to call you out on the stealth attraction model being complete and utter bullshit. Even if that technique like worked, so that, just so you guys know, it's like you walk down a line of like hot girls at an exclusive club and you sort of brush your hand against one and the next and the next as you glide along in a way that all the girls like turn at the same time and then and because they're all turning at the same time they go wow that guy must be Brad Pitt and then they fuck you please people like let's use some fucking logic right this is the the sexual get rich quick schemes right so those things don't fucking work put them aside what does work is meticulousness using self-awareness and getting feedback from the women and preferably from a good coach or from a good wingman starting to catalog experiences and starting to build up a bank of of patterns and experiences whereby you can start to understand the, the greater sweep or scope of how things work on average and that you have a mental process to be able to accept what is the reality and yet still have motivation to move forwards. So the reality being is that you are an average male. On the decimal scale you probably fit within the five six range. Some, some more attractive, some less attractive, some better socially conditioned or had, had better opportunities because they were, their brother was cool or because they played the right sport or whatever. But, all, but within the range, most of us exist within the where an average male, maybe with slightly higher IQ than others because we've researched and gone and found this information. And yet, every single man that gets into this doesn't want to date fives, right? You guys didn't get into this to date the same like average chick that bored you shitless that gave a bad blowjob with teeth and then bored you for three years that was your last girlfriend. You didn't get into this to try and get another one of those. You can get another one of those by just hanging around and waiting for someone to get drunk at a party. You came because you want a social climb, because you want to go beyond, because you want to go for girls that you perceive to be out of your league. And the paradox being that they are at once out of your league and possibly within your league. Right? There are girls right now that you walk past and if you go and approach, she will think in her mind, is this guy serious? In the same way that if I went up to Elon Musk and pitched him my business idea, I'm like, dude, got this great idea, right? It's like a wingman app where like it, it like pings you every time you've got to contact a chick just before you go to their city or something. And he's like, okay, dude, cool, cool app idea. Yeah, cool thing. We'll just send that to my uh, PA. It's not that I'm an asshole loser. It's not that my, I'm a, the worst businessman or that my idea is terrible. It's that for him in that level, it's irrelevant. It's, it's small fry, right? So... It doesn't mean that I can't, over time, work to become an excellent entrepreneur and that at some point in the future I may you know, have enough clout that through my social networks and my business networks I can reach these types of people that previously I couldn't. That's the whole point of being able to develop in all these areas. But currently that would be a silly thing for me to try to do. So in the same way, you guys should be going and approaching girls that are well out of your league. You're, out of, you're, you're not in their league because you can't offer them what they already have on offer. 
Right? And it's not that only women are only interested in diamonds and pearls and cocaine and bling. Some girls are. It's more that if, she, if she's like, okay, I'm hot, I'm intelligent, I'm socially connected, I've got 10 invitations of things to do this, this weekend. Many of them are interesting, many of them will, some of them I'll get paid for, others I'll, I'll get good networks. Some of them have got this guy that I'm really interested in who's like a, whatever she, perceive, she perceives to be an alpha male. So in amongst that, if you've gotten her number and you did all the right things, you spent 10 minutes working through your seduction stuff, you were present with her, you were engaging, you were asking good questions, you're telling something about yourself, you know, you touched her gently on the arm and just so, and you did all the right things, good, keep doing that and know that that will work, right? There will be many girls in your journey where that will yield a great result. And the girl will go, yeah, cool, I like that guy. And then when he calls, she's like, yeah, I'm gonna see that guy. And she'll go on a date with you, she'll fuck you, and then that'll be one of your lovers. Excellent, but there will be many times when the girl then gets a text from you some days later and she's like, oh, who's that? Oh yeah, that was that guy approaching me on the street. He was kind of cute or nice, but uh, anyway, I sure do have 12 other invites tonight, so we'll get back to that one later. And then you get buried in the, in the stream of other dudes trying to get into her pants or opportunities or events or whatever that's going on for it. You cannot take this personally. You cannot blame the girl. It's just like blaming a rich person for doing rich people things. It's like, okay, when you're in, the, when you're in certain classes, of various types, you, you become accustomed to it and you take advantage of it as it's given to you. If people are giving you lots of free stuff and you feel like taking it, you'll take it. If you spend time railing against and getting angry at hot girls for doing hot girl stuff, you're, you're, you're unlikely to ever enter an echelon where you'll feel comfortable with them because you always perceive them to be superior, to be privileged, and that you're hard done by. And I went through that phase, absolutely. Early on where I was like, fuck this, this is so unfair, those those guys are not, don't have a, like, a great heart and personality. They didn't go to Shaolin Temple or spend fucking weeks meditating or try and improve them, their integrity or understand the greater truths of the universe. They just fucking got some money and then throwing drugs at girls or like going like this on the dance floor. You know, it's because they know the DJ. And I hated those guys and I hated those girls because I'm like those vapid idiots who've just been drawn in like moths to a flame by this superficial world that means nothing getting used and abused and taken advantage of by these dickhead guys who just get to do that every week and fuck them, fuck this. Okay, is, that, is there an element of truth in what I've just said? Sure. Does, does that kind of world exist? Yeah. Could I define it in that way and be, have some level of accuracy? Yeah. But does that assist me? No. Is that an effective position to hold if I want to be able to navigate in that world? Absolutely not. How can I? It's like, I came from a very um, poor, left-wing, single-parent household. I now, and you know, I grew up with a lot of ideologies surrounding that, with feminism and more or less socialist ideas. And now I, I interact with, still with those kinds of people and with obscenely rich, socially connected leaders of government, leaders of business. I hang in worlds where these people have huge amounts of money and huge amounts of influence. I'm comfortable in those worlds now because I'm able to ride paradox. Yeah, I see that the world is twisted and fucked up in many ways and that there is a lot of unfairness and that rich and powerful people do take advantage of the poor and powerless. But I also see that wealth is not inherently evil and that there are people who have, done, who have built it from scratch or who inherited it and did great things with it, who treat people well, who live a great lifestyle and, and are happy to spread it around. And so I can navigate in those worlds. I can operate and 
work like a, an extreme capitalist. I can also go and hang around in very egalitarian hippie communities and be totally cool there as well because I see now the broader grey zones or rainbow zones that we live within that are not delineated by good and bad, you know, good girl and slut, virtuous person and non-virtuous person. If you want to be an expert social animal, you need to learn to navigate and you need to understand the rules of the game to understand it's not personal and that you will, if you continue to move on the pathway, gradually work up the ranks. It's not just a numbers game. It's what you get from those numbers. Okay, you've got a flaky number. All of this comes around to the fact that you won't see that girl again. She's gone. Very unlikely you'll see her again. And that's okay. Because you, you're going to take the lesson from the interaction you had with her. Sure, attempt to try and move around the flake. I mean, sure, you can send one more text. There's no, uh, there's no harm in that. Hey, I guess you've been busy. Love to catch up. Let me know what's the day that works for you this week. Probably you'll, you'll hear crickets again. All right, that's fine. You can't be too invested in like being proud and not needy. It's a, it's a paradox because, yes, we don't want to be actually needy. Actual neediness is where I have that sense inside myself that I am lacking, that I am worthless or worthless, and that this other person holds the keys to my happiness or my satisfaction. If they accept me and validate me, then I'll be okay. If they don't, then I've been rejected. And therefore, I feel needy and I'm trying to clamber for their attention. That's a very unattractive trait and it feels horrible. If you've experienced that, it doesn't feel like a, no one wants to be in that state. However, I can do needy things without having any emotional attachment to them. All right, I could send a message to a girl once a week for six weeks in a row. I remember a guy I used to work with, he was a cheeky little fucker and he, he, he was very persistent with girls. He didn't take it personally, but he kept trying. Remember, there was one girl, he got the number of, she flaked. He wrote to her a message, something like, let's do burgers and beers on my balcony Tuesday, silence. And then a week later, he wrote, toasted cheese sandwich and a glass of milk. 20 minutes, give me a chance. No, no dice. Then a week later, he wrote again, walk by me, give me a little nod, a tip of your hat, and then I'll let, let you go. Right? So like he was like downgrading the request every time. And after four, of the, and they were being funny, he was being funny about it. And after four of these, the girl said, you don't ever quit, do you? And, and that was the hook. And he's like, absolutely not. So what's it going to be, cheese toasty or burgers or whatever? And she said, all right, I'll take the burger. And they met up and then he fucked it. All right? So the point being is he was taking technically needy action in the sense he was like sending multiple texts to a girl that was not responding. However, because he was unattached to the outcome, he's just like, all right, well, I'll just hit it again. You know, she was adorable. I want to see her again. If I don't, it's not the end of the world, but I'm going to tr keep trying for a bit and not just sending the same, hi, how are you going? Hey, why aren't you answering my text? Which is the kind of thing girls do get. Hey, why are you being such a bitch? All I wanted to do was take you out. Like I've, sh I've seen text scrolls from girls have showed me just like 30 of them start, you know, 20 highs in a row. And then what are you doing? What's up? How are you doing? And then starting to get, get aggressive and then fuck you, bitch. And then like, come on, give me a chance. I'm a nice guy. Like <laughs> all of this stuff. That's needy behavior. That's, that's behavior that says the man doesn't have any choice, he doesn't understand how women operate, and he's, always, he's just on the edge of turning into, an, into a psycho because a girl's not giving him the attention that, she, that he wants. Right? So you can see there's a very big difference, even though the action of sending multiple texts might be the same. So in this case, yeah, sure, send a non, an emotionally non-needy, although maybe technically needy, text to the girl, because sometimes what happens is, you got a vibe with a girl, she's into you. However, the next day she hooks back up with her ex-boyfriend or there's some drama in her social circle or some guy's dicking her around 
or she has some fling, or she's maybe going to get back together with a guy, or, her or she drops her phone, which girls do twice a year, they smash their phones. So one of these things might happen, and two weeks later, she may be in exactly the right position. She might be like, oh, okay, I'm single again, and fuck Brad. And, and then she gets a message from you, and then she's like, oh, that was that guy I met on the street a couple weeks ago. Yeah, he seemed cool. Yeah, what are you up to? And then she might respond. And I've had that experience where girls have gone cold, and then I leave them for a month, and I just ping them. Hey, crazy lady, did you, sometimes I've said things like, hey, lady, did you get married in Vegas or something? And then they always write back, lol, no, what do you mean? I was like, oh, you just vanished. So I figured someone uh, popped the question. Okay, don't all go out and send that as a message. I've sent that a few times. It's worked sometimes. But the idea being that it's a little curiosity hook, or it's just like, oh, yeah, I remember you. What's going on? Occasionally, those will come back from the dead. Mostly, they will not. Right? So if after, I used to do it that after I'd done that, so I'd tried whatever I was going to do. I left it for a month. I hit him up once, maybe twice. And then I would delete the number for my own personal kind of getting rid of the loose ends. I don't bother anymore because I don't care. I've got a phone full of flaky numbers of girls that I'll never meet. Doesn't matter. Um, but back when I was first, I was still emotionally a bit volatile about it. So I would like do my thing. I'm like, all right, delete this girl. Just meditate. Let her go. She's gone out of my life. Let's move on to the next one. All right. So this. So I hope that answers the question. Essentially, the answer is there's not like some secret way to get a girl back. Some flake-busting text. You can send things that will get a girl's curiosity. I was thinking what you said last Thursday, and I decided you're full of shit. Who's not going to want to write back and go, what do you mean? You better have something to say after that. Those, I mean, those are, that's an example of a little curiosity hook you could throw at someone. May get their attention, but maybe only momentarily, because then what you say releases the pressure and she may not give a shit anyway. But the point being is that if you've, if you've done your job, you've gone through the process, the girl's flaked on you, you just accept this as part of the, the journey. It's, it's the primary reason why you need a density of interactions. Because in the normal world, a girl, a guy somehow meets a girl that he's got something in, interested, he's interested in her, work, family, social circle, whatever. There, maybe there was a spark, the girl was curious or interested for half an hour, and then she loses interest for whatever reason or she moves on with her life, and the guy fixates on that girl sometimes for months or years. I've seen cases of that. Where it's like, oh, I had this little spark with a girl. Yeah, girls have sparks with guys all the fucking time. You're a beautiful creature walking around the world with a lot of interesting or powerful or sexy men throwing themselves at you and giving you validation and telling you interesting stories and trying to buy you dinner and so on. And you, you may be attracted to all sorts of them. But that attraction can explode and disappear within minutes or a day. So if you are holding on to it, then you're going to uh, be wasting huge amounts of time on a girl who's forgotten you. So I've gone through a bit of a roller coaster, as I tend to, to try and answer a simple question. He's like, should I send a text back or not? I'm like, well, first you need to understand the complete sweep of human history and how the sexual marketplace works on a micro exchange level. Uh, you don't, I mean, it's not true, actually. You don't need to. You don't need to think about this in very, very big terms if you don't want to. Some guys just go, all right, learn this, what to say, learn how to do it in a way that's not creepy, go and say it to lots and lots of girls. Eventually, one of them goes, I'll have sex with you and then have sex with her and then date her in some capacity. And I don't want to think too much about the, the big picture and how it all works and whether genetics or, or socialization are to blame or modern deconstructivist fucking digital age or whatever it is. Some people don't care about that. I do. It's my job to think about that stuff probably too much. 
But yes, you can then take it the other direction, which is where you overanalyze every single interaction and you apportion all sorts of meaning to things that might just be to do with the girl's mood. Right? Girls that sometimes just flake because they're lazy, they're busy, they didn't pay their phone bill. Um, they realize that they're like, I can't, I can't see that guy because I don't know anything about him. What you want to look at is what is the parts you can affect and change? What can you change? You can affect change on what you do in the interactions. So you go in, you do the best shit that you can, you take the feedback, right? Because if you just hammer away and just do 50 approaches a day doing the same thing, it's kind of just as bad as doing one approach a week because you're just repeating bad habits over and over again, expecting that it's the number of interactions that makes the difference. It's not. Like, of course, we have to have a density. You need to meet a dozen girls a week. That's kind of my prescription. If you want to get decent at this, girl or two every day. Much less than that, you really haven't started. You're really just in the research phase. You're not actually going and learning seduction. But 50 a day, don't do that. That will cause you to dehumanize the women, to lock yourself up emotionally because you're getting rejected over and over again. You have to develop a, a shield, which means that you're not actually sensitive and you're not taking the feedback from every interaction. It's important that you are self-aware enough to go and do the thing, come back, feel how you feel emotionally, use some meditation to chill yourself out, process objectively what happened, what could you have done better, move forward with your texting, continue with it as far as you can. That's another mistake guys do is not actually following up leads because they feel like, oh, that girl's never gonna see me. You don't know, right? Sometimes a girl just likes you. Sometimes she's sick of hanging out with fucking cool musicians and she wants to be with a different type of guy. I've got female friends who are like, not, not going to do another musician. I'm like, oh yeah, you said that last five musicians. And then they go and date a guy that's not and something different about him. And then like, women will oscillate and switch between what their ideal desires are in terms of what man they're looking for throughout their life. Sometimes you've just got to be in the right place at the right time being you. In order to do that, you've got to put yourself in front of them. You're going to go and have to pitch yourself over and over and over a fucking again and learn to love it. Learn to take the rejections as moments for you to develop resilience, develop, to develop a level of emotional stability that most people will never experience because very few people are willing to put themselves in the position of being knocked back. And, and it's not you're, not, you're not bringing your manuscript of your novel where they're like, oh, I don't like your novel. It's like, I'm bringing my whole me. I'm like, hey, I brought my whole me and I was wondering if you like it. I'm like, nope, it's terrible. <laughs> That's the impression that you might get. And so most people are not willing, most men especially, are not willing to put, well, actually all women, women won't, don't want to do this either, put themselves in the position to have someone judge them as a complete sexually viable human being, which they can't, right? The girl can't judge you on that because she doesn't know anything about you except what you look like and what you said. She's not the arbiter of what your worth is. However, that's what it can often feel like and most men and women will not put themselves in that position. But the benefits of that are not just the, that if you get through that eventually there's the golden pussy at the end of the rainbow. I hope there is, I'm looking forward to that. It's that along the way you develop so much in your personal capacities, right? Because the, the little hint I'll put here at the end is that cold approach on the street, the club or anywhere else is not the end game. It is not the most effective or like only or best way to get gorgeous women into your life. There are others. However, it is the prerequisite for any others. I have seduced women in a multitude of ways, including social circle and online and networking lifestyle kinds of things. 
which I won't go into here. But the reason I was able to turn certain social groups or networks into sexual prospects was because of all the hard lessons I learned on the street. Right, so it can be demoralizing to think, oh, okay, I need to hit the streets over and over again for the rest of my fucking life, basically. As long, anytime I want to get laid, I have to go and go through this grueling process. Not necessarily. It gets easier. Your percentages get better. The rejections roll off you as, you as you recognize them in the big picture for what they are. And the skills that you develop mean that when you translate this skill set into other skill sets, such as proper lifestyle design, it means that you accelerate in insanely in terms of your results. Because you know how to deal with a hard-ass chick on the street rejecting you, how easy is it going to be to, to do a warm approach in a social world where you have some status? Right? So this, this skill, because I, I've taught lots of other guys and I've known lots of guys who have the status, they own a club or a hairdressers or a modeling agency or were aristocrats, and, these are, and I'm not using hyperbole, these are real people I know multi-millionaires and yet they sucked with women and they ha sometimes had a lot of women models or promo girls or lots of chicks that worked with work for them or their m girls in their modeling agency had them around them but they still couldn't translate that into sex at all or or very often because they didn't know how to go and project desire how to listen how to express themselves in a way that's not needy but is open how to pull the fucking trigger without being sleazy or creepy or obtuse about it. Right? All of these skills that you learn on the streets will hold you in an amazing stead throughout your life no matter where you navigate or what kinds of networks or lifestyles you plug into. So once again, another long rant to try and convince you to go out and talk to girls on the street and when they don't reply, don't take it personal. Thanks so much for listening to the Natural, Natural Lifestyles Podcast. Podcast. Check us out on YouTube at The, the Natural, Natural TV. TV. See you on the next episode.